You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Chris Euler. And we are broadcasting from Aberdeen, South Dakota at Round Cowley High School from the campus ministry room, uh, which is doubles as my office as well. So it's a, a great blessing to be here in school. It is in session. We're in the middle of uh, our second block of the day. So uh, I'm not skipping class. Don't worry if my bosses are listening. Uh, they know I don't teach till later today. So I can't get in trouble for this. Fun fact, this is my first time inside a high school while it was in session. Really? Yeah, because I was homeschooled. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, historic moment <laughs> this right here. Is it going to go down in history and it's never going anywhere because if you have the real presence radio app you can listen to the real presence radio podcast anytime right yeah i actually have my family's in south carolina and they have it downloaded now or at least this is what they tell me and they listen to the shows <laughs> during the week so. this is what, yeah we have it downloaded uh, uh <laughs> show me proof <laughs> yeah, exactly send a screenshot right yeah <laughs> well okay well that last year we had with dr kate was fantastic yeah wasn't it oh my gosh like incredibly edifying, uh, and she, she honestly, she, I, I would have loved to just chat with her an hour, but we are going to move on. We learned how to live our Catholic identity, and as we live our Catholic identity, right, God calls us, of course, to to honor Him and to love Him uh, and to adhere to the sacraments. But within the sacraments comes the teaching, comes what our faith implores us to do, implores to believe. That's in accord with natural law, with right reason, then also the divine law of God. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are welcomed, uh, excited to welcome now Chris Motes, the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference now, to talk about things going on in our state legislation, in particular a bill about, or excuse me, a, uh, a ban on the abortion pill. Uh, so Chris, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hey, thanks. Great to be with you. It is good. To, it's good to hear you. How is Pierre today? It is a bright, sunny day, and it's uh, it's a, a buzz with activity in the Capitol. We are now in what is it, week three. Time flies. A lot of bills filed, and uh, everybody's staying busy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Chris, before we dive into uh, kind of this, uh, the headlines that have been made with our state with Governor Nome uh, signing that act against the telemed abortion bill. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we really dive into the meat and potatoes here? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I am uh, a layman. I'm happily married to Hannah. We have uh, our fifth child on the way, due in uh, February. So our fourth fourth girl, we have a little boy also, background in the military, and uh, trained as a lawyer. So very happily um, working these last four years. This is now my fifth legislative session as the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which is a public policy voice for the bishops in South Dakota. And it's an absolutely worthy voice. You know, of course, I, I hear a lot of people talk about separation of church and state, but in the reality, right, if we live in society, we have to honor what's just the good of society. So uh, the work you do is incredible good work uh, for our state, and I know it, it edifies many people. And so uh, let's talk about something, though, that's little more serious uh, in nature as it regards human life. And so uh, our governor, Governor Nome, uh, made headlines uh, the past couple weeks with a new law. So can you explain that new law to us uh, for those of us who don't know what's going on? 
Yeah, and it, it technically isn't a, a law quite yet. There was something a few weeks ago that was in what we would call rulemaking authority. So through the Department of Health, um, the governor promulgated a rule pertaining to what we can call medication abortions or chemical abortions. I don't even really like to call them medication abortions because medication helps heal and cure. And what mm-hmm. we're talking about is the taking of a life. Mm-hmm. So what um, what prompted this was earlier in the year, the, the FDA kind of loosened up some of its restrictions that it had in place concerning um, uh, pharmaceutical drugs that are used to procure an, an abortion. And so the, the State Department of Health um, put some more restrictive rules in place for the state of South Dakota that are um, really designed to safeguard um, the the health of a, a woman who's in this very you know frightening scenario where she's um, sought an abortion, but also really making sure that the state is asserting its its interest over that that very precious life in the womb and safeguarding that life as well. So just real briefly, how how this works? Um, it's a two stage protocol where an expectant mother would take the first drug. And what happens then is that the, that womb, that, that really safe, nurturing uh, place for the, the unborn child, the, the drug causes that the womb to become inhospitable. It, it sort of um, stops providing the nourishment that that life needs to continue. And um, within a relatively short period of a, few, um, of, of a day or two, um, the life ends. It's it's literally starved of the nutrition it needs. The second um, drug in the in the two step protocol is a drug that causes the woman to expel the um, the unborn child from her womb through labor. Essentially, is what we're talking about. This is a drug that is used in other medical circumstances following a miscarriage, etc. But so she, the new regulation that is put in place is requiring that the woman actually come back to um, that licensed medical provider and take the second drug in the in the presence of that provider as well. It is um, it, it is a a situation that has some risk to the mother, and it's uh, to be honest, we're talking about women who are already in positions of great maybe loneliness, fear. There, there may be some shame, and they don't want others to know. So there's the idea being that there's actually, actually this, this should happen in the context of um, a, a trained medical provider. Um, so that's, that's what we're talking about. The reason this is important is because as Roe versus Wade is potentially um, uh, on its last breath with the Dobbs decision pending, We'll have a result in that case no later, later than next um, June. States will have the, abor- uh, the ability to restrict and regulate abortion again at the state level, even to the extent of banning abortion altogether. Abortion advocates are pushing so-called medication abortions because it, it can be done through the mail, potentially. And you can even go to websites for organizations based out of, of Europe or elsewhere. Well, they'll, they'll mail these. So it's, it's actually very important that, that pro-lifers understand the risks that these present and are on top of trying to, to safeguard um, expectant mothers from this really aggressive sort of marketing of, 
of, of these drugs. Uh, I'll note, too, that um, abortions in South Dakota, we praise God, there was a, a big, big decline last year, largely um, due to the pandemic, went from um, in the neighborhood of 400 abortions down to closer to 125 abortions, which is still 125 too many. But what we've seen is that somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of South Dakota abortions in recent years have been conducted through these pharmaceutical drugs, which is why it's important to to give attention to this uh, particular area. So this is proposed by the Department of Health, uh, and it's something that, God willing, will, will be law of our land of South Dakota soon. Um, what exactly would the law do in in that regard? Why is it creating such waves, even on a national level? Well, it is um, as it stands. I understand that it's it's one of the most um, restrictive, we might say, for telemedicine abortion um, in the country. South Dakota has longstanding has had an in-person informed consent requirement for expectant mothers who would consider. Uh, are considering an abortion. And what that means is that they need to see the medical provider who would provide it. They, are, they receive a, a counseling where they're told certain things, like this is, um, you know, this is a, a, a unique living human being. You're its mother. You have a relationship. So these have been in place for a long time. But this next, this, this recent rule that was passed, and there's a statute pending too, um, sort of puts a, it ensures that there's that in-person um, accountability at every step along the way. And this is really putting a bow on, on the last step of the process, if you will. So it's, um, it, it is unique and a very strong step that is um, unique to South Dakota. Absolutely. And, you know, as South Dakota, you know, has been I, on the national scale quite a leader in the right to life and a leader in regards to standing up for life, uh, among with other states that kind of lean our similar way. Uh, how can we, as, as Catholics in a particular way, continue to advocate and uh, work towards this good of an end to abortion, in particular through this telemedicine uh, that we're seeing come to be? Well, where people can kind of stay in, in the loop on what's happening in the legislative session, you can go to sdcatholicconference.org, and then look at the bills that, that we currently have positions on um, under our 2022 list. There's something within Catholic social teaching called the duty of participation. And we don't often think about this. We think more of common good or subsidiarity or, or these other really important principles. But there's this duty of participation, which really means that we all have an obligation, and we can discern what it looks like in our own life. But we, we have an obligation to seek the good of the place in which we live, to, to speak for justice, to, uh, to stand up for the common good, and especially for the most vulnerable among us. So I encourage people to, to, to stay in the loop on what's happening through the Catholic Conference website and then to discern how the Lord is calling them to act in their own life. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. So we're going to go to break real quick, but when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into uh, this idea of living out our Catholic faith and also how... How are we to view this? How are we to view this new rule that may become law? So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Chris Motes in a minute. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. Umary.edu. That's umary.edu. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. It's a beautiful day here in Aberdeen, South Dakota at Roncalli High School. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Chris Euler. And on the line, we have Chris Motes, the Executive Director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. And we're talking about uh, the recent ruling uh, from the Department of Health of South Dakota about the telemedicine ban on the abortive pill. Uh, now, Chris, uh, at the break, I was chatting with you a little bit about Planned Parenthood. Uh, you mentioned on 10 years ago it sued the state of South Dakota, and it has made all the way, it's up, all the way up to the Eighth Circuit uh, of Court in our nation. So... Uh, could you share with us a little bit about what's going on there and about how important that action is to our state? Yeah, I want to I want to unpack this a little bit, Chris, because it's a very very important case. And the reason I say it's very important is because we all know by this point that this this big uh, case, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health out of Mississippi, is currently pending before the Supreme Court, and it's possible that the court will knock out Roe versus Wade completely, which would be awesome. Mm. But but if the court in Dobbs does not eliminate Roe versus Wade, we're going to need other cases that are in the pipeline that the court can look at for, like, the next step, right? Because we want to get there eventually, but there are some legal commentators who think that the court might actually take kind of a two-step approach and won't do it in one fell swoop in Dobbs. So if that happens, we need more cases in the pipeline, and our case out of South Dakota is one of them. It's called Gnome versus Planned Parenthood. 
It's about 10 years old, so they get renamed when we get a new governor. It used to be Rounds and then Dugard versus Planned Parenthood. And it, it centers around our, our state's informed consent statute. So technically, I know right now we're seeing this telemedicine thing um, in the news. And technically, we've not been able to do telemedicine ab- abortions in South Dakota for quite some time because of this earlier law. What we're seeing now with the, the headlines is actually kind of just the last step in the process has to be in person. But um, for, for 10 years the vast majority of the process has had to be in person. And here are the, here are the basic features of the law, is that a woman needs to, a woman who is um, desiring an abortion, she's going to meet in person with the physician who would be providing that abortion at least 72 hours prior to the procedure. At that meeting, at that first consultation, she's required um, to be given um, an informed consent uh, advisory that that tells her that growing within you is the life of a whole separate, unique, living human being, and that that particular language has already been litigated and upheld by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. That's really powerful precedent for us. The court recognizing that this is a whole uh, a li- whole living, unique, separate living human being. She's also informed that she has a relationship with that child, and that that relationship has some legal protection. Mm. Um, Part of the law also requires, and and I should say that those parts of the law have also been upheld by the Circuit Court of Appeals. There's one provision of this 2010 law that is still in the courts 12 years later, and it's a provision that says that during that 72-hour waiting period, that she she needs to visit a, a pregnancy help center and and just receive other information about other options that are available to her, um, whether that's adoption or choosing to parent. Um, so that's that's being litigated, and it's a very, very important case, again, Nome versus Planned Parenthood at the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a sort of um, an appellate federal court just one step below the Supreme Court, um, and it's got a very unique and novel legal issue in it. Um, on the record, as this has been litigated, Planned Parenthood um, doctors have acknowledged that they don't have any particular expertise in what the lawyers are calling the social question, meaning before a woman even decides on an abortion, there's, there's a prior question that isn't a, um, a quote-unquote medical question, for a doctor, it's a social question, and it's do I do I want to preserve my relationship with my child or not? And if she comes to the conclusion that the answer is is no, I I don't want to preserve the relationship with this child. Well, there are other ways under the law um, to, to to seek that end, namely adoption. Um, so it, it it's forgive me if I may be being a little technical, but there's a very novel legal issue at stake here which is why the case is so important. Um, and if, if Do- again, if Dobbs doesn't take down Roe versus Wade, this is a case that we will all be watching very, very closely in the months and years ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so as we see this going up through the courts and, and then the Dobbs versus Jackson uh, in that case as well, uh, I was watching the March for Life last week, and they were constantly talking about Let's make this the last one. It could be the last mm. one. And I pray and hope it is. Um, 
And so, of course, we as Catholics can see that as a victory, like Roe v. Wade being, being done out with. But what we're doing and what you're saying even on the state, on the state level, it's something taking a step further because can you kind of talk <coughs> into like the, the – so, yes, Roe v. Wade could be ended, but then what would happen? On the back end. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the bishops of South Dakota released a statement last Saturday, which was the 49th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. You can find it up on the Catholic Conference website or find links at Twitter, Facebook, etc. And, and they, they say exactly that, that he, even if Roe falls, which we pray this is the last anniversary of Roe versus Wade this last Saturday, um, if it falls, our work is not done. They, the bishops write that that we will be called to new heights of generosity, not less. That that really are that for divine love to permeate our country is really um, the baptismal duty and great invitation to to every Catholic. And the law is the law is very important and very good. So we we need our laws to reflect justice. But we, we don't want abortion to just be illegal. We actually also want it to be unthinkable. We want it to be inconceivable. Mm-hmm. We don't want any woman, any expectant mother who's in a position of fear, loneliness, or doubt to feel like she needs to remain there. Um, we, you know, we want, we want Christians who are willing to, to sacrifice, to accompany expectant mothers, to step up as, as foster and adoption parents. It's, um, obviously it's, it's for each person to dis- dis- discern in prayer how they might be called. But we should be really clear that even if Roe versus Wade goes away, um, our pro-life work does not. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, it would be a great victory for Roe v. Wade to go away. You know, it goes back it would. to, it goes back to uh, like you said, like the state, and then, of course, even on a greater level, the individual and that conversion of heart. And so, yes. uh, yeah, so many, you know, so many people in our world... Uh, just in general, need a conversion of heart and a conversion of mind, and it would be a beautiful gift. So, yes, we ought to keep praying and ought to keep sacrificing and working. Uh, now, Chris, you had mentioned earlier uh, the South Dakota Catholic Conference website. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, the website and how people can navigate and maybe even a couple things that are on the docket for legislation? Uh, sure. For life things, maybe yeah. not life things, but uh, whatever we as Catholics can support in the state of South Dakota in a particular way. Yeah, we're still reviewing a lot of bills, but we do have two formal positions, uh, two formal statements on, on two bills right now. The first is Senate Bill 71. It's a bill to expand the cap on the state's tax credit scholarship program. It's a beautiful program, just simply wonderful, that uh, empowers parents, especially parents of, of limited or modest means, to choose the education that, that is best suited to their child uh, by giving a scholarship. Um, the, the program's been in place for a few years now. It's been working really wonderfully. Um, and there are more children on the waiting list than they have scholarship money to distribute. So it's Senate Bill 71 is just asking the state to raise the cap on that program. The program is funded through donations from um, insurance companies. They then receive a credit against their premium tax. Um, but Senate Bill 71, you can reach out uh, to House Education. It's going to be up in House Education tomorrow morning. Reach out uh, with your support. Um, you know, assuming, I shouldn't assume, but if it makes it out of 
House Education, it'll be up on the House floor next. So reach out to representatives. The next one we have a, a formal position on is Senate Bill 46. This is very similar to, I think, three bills that we've supported in past years that um, really seek to, to honor the dignity and nature of, of sexual identity, uh, particularly through ensuring a level playing field for, for girls and women in sports. It covers K-12 sports and collegiate sports. It just ensures that athletic participation um, follows in accord with one's biological and sexual identity as a male or a female. Of course, uh, a hot topic um, in many places in recent years. And I think, I think a lot of people who maybe didn't really follow that closely or didn't necessarily think it was particularly important have had a bit of an aha moment in the last few months as a, a very high-profile case of um, a, a male swimming in Division One Ivy League swimming and is really just kind of dominating as a, as a swimmer. So those are, those are two bills. Um, and you can always check back to the website. We've got fairly easy to navigate tabs at the top of the website, sdcatholicconference.org. The other thing that, is, that I, I really encourage people, citizens, to do is just like Citizenship 101. Um, very simple. Just if you're not sure who represents you, at the state capitol, figure it out. It's very easy to learn. You can go to sblegislature.gov, and then there's a tab at the top that says legislators, and then you click find my legislators. And you just type in your address, and then it pops up, hey, here's my two representatives and a senator. And then you can save their phone number, save their email, so that when these bills come up, it's really powerful for them to hear from their constituents with your thoughts. And you can just do that in a very simple, authentic, genuine way. Hey, you know, I'd love it if you would support Senate Bill 71. You know, it, it's really, it's very meaningful to many families that are enrolled at Ron Colley or wherever. Um, just share from your heart. And, and they appreciate it. The nice thing about South Dakota being a somewhat small state is they don't have, the legislators, they don't have a big staff. They're going to read your email themselves. Um, so those, those couple of things, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much. And, you know, Chris, as you're speaking about those two bills that uh, you'd mentioned that the Catholic Conference is supporting, as well as the telemedicine ban on abortion, and then, of course, the case that we have with the Planned Parenthood that's in the Eight Circuits, all the way on up, right? All those things are ordered towards the life and dignity of the human person. And it's exactly what we as Catholics are. Uh, ought to do and ought to honor because we are all made for our union with our creator. So, Chris, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, head to break and wrap up this segment? Well, I would just uh, ask everybody to pray for me. It's, it can be feel a little bit, you know, that the old term is they're making sausage here, and uh, it, get, it can feel a little messy and chaotic, so I'm grateful for everybody's prayers and, um, and for staying tuned into the legislative session. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, we will pray and uh, know that we are grateful for the work that you do, as well as other people in other states who have, South, or have Catholic conferences that advocate on the uh, legislative level. We're all grateful for that work that we do uh, that is done by them. So thank you, Chris, for all you do. Uh, it is definitely does not go unnoticed, so that's for sure. Uh, so stay tuned, though, everybody. Up next, we're going to talk about strengthening your body, mind, and soul, right? So... Uh, don't go anywhere. After the break, Pietra Fitness will be here. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Network.